Hello and welcome. It's your GM, David here. We recorded this game while our area was under a lockdown, so it was all remote. I've put in a lot of effort with the post-processing, but the audio is still a little bit crunchier than usual. Thankfully, we are now able to record together again, though, so expect a return to better quality in future games. That disclaimer aside, I pulled together some of my closest friends for our Ghost Lines game, so stick around and expect a riotously good time. Enjoy! Last time on Trials of the Apocalypse. This yes. might be an express line, designed to go fast, not carry much, but it's for important stuff, maybe. And then the final three cars are all storage of some kind, all, all stuff that's getting moved. As, as per my orders, I am working the logistics to get my, my people and the things from point A to, to point B, yes? How can we get him to let us look at the cargo cars? Unless you pull rank on him, he's going to listen to orders. Or like if, you know, an emergency demanded it. Should you require to speak with the engine car of this train for any reason, they reach into one of those myriad pockets they have on their jumpsuit, and they pull out a small black box. You step forward, Caterjun, and they place it delicately into your hands. I ask that you give that box a little open and speak clearly into it. We'll make a bet. I'm listening. I bet you're the first one to turn it in today. We understand the Imperium has its business. We also need to make sure none others do. If if we head back to uh, the sixth car, maybe we could take a little bit of a look in the seventh. There are probably 30 or 40 horses in this car. These horses are used by the people of Severos. They are they are ridden and they help them hunt and eat ghosts. Uh, and then the train shakes. I don't like that. Train shook, uh, and you were going to go up and uh, take a look-see-loo at what might have caused the train to go shake-shake. We should do that. Hell yeah. So as you guys make your way to the top of the train, uh, I would really like it if everybody would roll a insight. Okay. I'm going to put on my spirit goggles as well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, finally, a decent roll. Oh, that's uh, fucking bomb. I wish I could say the same. You're not very good at your job. I'm not very good at insight. <laughs> Strathmill, how'd you do? Uh, I got a 10. Nice. 10. Nice. Zerek, how'd you do? Four. Four. All right. All right. Excellent. Katarjun? Uh I got a seven. Seven. And then Rowan? Five. Five. All right. So Zerek and Rowan, uh, you both get a immediate question as you climb up to take a look. Rowan's first thoughts revolve around, what's the best way to finish this? As in what? We're facing an unspecified potential danger here. What is the best way to safely resolve that as soon as possible. Okay, so that's what you're on the lookout for. Zerek, how about you? I don't really want to pick the same thing picked earlier. Um, I gotta go with what's what's really going on here. Okay. I mean, he's he's just like he's just mission focused, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Katarjun and Strathmill, I have not forgotten about you. You both have your hold. I'm going to let you hold on to those as I answer these immediate questions. Yeah. Uh, and then once you have more information, you can then ask your questions uh, or uh, save them for later on in the situation. I was planning to hold my hold. Hell yeah. Uh, and just Strathmill, you have a 10, so you have two hold. And then you had a seven Katarjun, right? Yes, but I have Sly, so I get an extra yeah. question. So you also have two hold. Yep. 
Specifically, you have a hold that could be spent on an assist and then also an extra question. Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, I'm going to begin with Zerik's question, uh, which is what's really going on here? So, the four of you make your way to the top of the train. And the train, obviously, doesn't ever really sit on the ground. Uh, It is on these rather high piers, some of which their bases are in water, some of them their bases are in the earth. And the piers that this part of the train bridge that you're on, those piers go down into the earth of the island that you've just crossed over. You are now over open waters. Glistening to either side of you, you see the dark, inky depths of the sea as you have quite a straightaway of open water before you reach the next island. It is faint in the distance. I think at this point in your journey, the sunrise maybe is just happening. So you have faint embers of light on the horizon, which give you a little bit greater clarity on what exists in the darkness and to answer your question, Zirik, you rub at the steam collecting on your on your helmet, and you take a look towards the horizon, towards where the track begins to bend as it goes towards the next island. And in the the inky black waters of the ocean, probably halfway between where you've just left the island you've passed and the island that you're going to next be be crossing, you see from the pier of the train track there towards the middle, uh, off to the left, you see a faint and distinctive glowing in that inky black water. And the fact that you can see that from this distance means whatever you are seeing is quite large. And unfortunately, I think it is far enough away that You don't have great vision on what exactly you're seeing, but you can tell that there is some manner of hijinks on the horizon. You can safely assume that that's probably what's causing the vibration that you felt earlier in the track. I see. Uh, But it's a little bit bit too far away for you to get a clear eye on it. But the train is, with great speed, heading that way. Interesting. Uh, and specifically, I'll, I'll tack on with that. You can see uh, with with the track up ahead that you know, at first you think your eyes are playing tricks on you, Zarek, but you get a steady footing on top of the train and you watch it very closely. And it seems like at, at that point near wherever that disturbance is in the water, the track seems to be swaying ever so slightly. It's not supposed to do that. Oh boy. And regarding your question, Rowan, I'm holding on to that still because I don't think there's a good answer to it yet. Thank you. Balls in y'all's court. I want to... I'm, I'm using the spirit goggles. Is the thing mm-hmm. glowing? Uh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, and not, not only that, with your spirit goggles, you can tell that something far less... Oh, well, first, what's the question you're asking? Uh, what does it want? Oh, okay. Good question. Ooh, that's a great question, actually. Thank you. So uh, you you train your goggles on the point uh, that I'm assuming Zerik points out to you. Like maybe you just, Zerik, you just raise an arm and point at what you saw out in the distance. And Katarjun, you follow that line of his finger out to the inky waters to the left of the tracks up ahead. And your goggles are a light with pretty significant spiritual activity at the at the bluish mass that that Zirik points out to you. I think you can tell based on the the power of that signature from the distance that you're looking at it from that that appears to be some kind of spirit well that has that has appeared that is some sort of rift bringing the the realm of the dead even closer to that of the living than just the breaking down of the gate originally. Oh. (laughs) But however, that's not the answer to your question because what you also notice by donning your goggles 
is there is something approaching that well, which you can tell has brushed up against the piers at the base of the tracks. You could actually make the assumption that that is what caused the rumbling that you felt. And this other thing that you you cannot see with your eyes, but with your goggles, you can sort of tell the general outline of is there is a creature in the water that is twice, three times as large as that spirit well that appears to be attracted to it. You would be safe to make the assumption that it is some kind of leviathan that has been enticed to the surface by the attraction of the energies of that spirit well. Can, well, can I actually ask a question real quick, just yeah. just for building a, a mental image in my head? Yeah, because do it. it just kind of dawned on me. How far above the surface of the water are the tracks? Yeah, the tracks are a good 80 feet in the air above the water. Okay. Does Katarjune call out the well to everyone? Yeah, I think she probably goes... Okay, this is bad on a couple of different levels. And she'll explain that she sees a well and she sees a leviathan. I feel like Rowan's probably having an unpleasant flashback right now. The combination of a well and a leviathan, especially one brushing the foundations of the tracks, is a little extra scary given the incident in Rowan's personal history. Yeah, I think the danger that that poses hits a little bit too close to home and to experiences that that have left you haunted and is part of the reason why you continue traveling on this to this day, uh, trying to outrun your past in some ways. So yeah, I would like you to roll steel for me, Rowan. Uh, but before you do that, I'd like you to select from the steel list which of these actions you do not want to do. Your options are freezing up, leaving yourself wide open, panicking, disengaging, or fleeing, collapsing, letting go or giving up, raging, losing control, or doing unintended harm, uh, or suffering more trauma or harm. Which do you not want to do? Of all these things, Rowan most does not want to rage, lose control, or do unintended harm then I would like you to roll steel. And let's see what happens. Unfortunately, it looks like that is a six. Unless there's some kind of assistance that will miss. Yeah, I do still have a question, right? That I can hold? Uh, yep. So I could, I could, yeah. So Katarjun, how do you assist? Uh, I guess here's a question. Do you know, you know that Rowan has worked on the Leviathan Hunter before and you know that she stopped for some reason and I imagine in when you first learned that information she didn't give much in the way of details yeah uh, in, in a way that is not really not so much instantly suspicious so much as instantly understandable yeah um, and so I think then that Katarjun in breaking the news to Rowan is and what we'll do for your assistance here is just be particularly kind about it. Um, be com- sensitive to the fact that Rowan has a particular stressor related to Leviathans. Yeah. Uh, maybe saying something along the lines of at the moment, it looks far more interested in the spirit well than it does in us it seems like it probably has no interest in the train. And so with that assistance, that brings you up to a seven on steel. Uh, And what that means, Rowan, uh, I'll read this for the audience. Uh, When you steel yourself against injury, duress, or supernatural horrors, choose an action below that you hope you don't do. We did that. That was to rage, lose control, or do unintended harm. And then roll plus steel. On a 10 plus, you do none of them. On a seven to nine, you do one you didn't pick and the GM chooses. And on a miss, a six or below, then it's the one you don't want. Uh, So in this case, I pick one of the other options. I'm gonna pick that you suffer more trauma or harm in this interaction up ahead. 
Gotcha. I, I'm, I'm choosing that because I want to give you as much freedom to do what you want to do as a character in it. But I think in overcoming your fear of this, I think that's going to make you a little more reckless. Um, Makes and sense. And so more prone to taking trauma or harm. And probably in that recklessness, pushing yourself a little too far here and there, trying to end the situation as quickly as possible. Yeah, for sure. Okay. She visibly starts tensing up and like gripping her lightning web thrower. But Katarjune stresses how it seems more interested in the spirit well than the train and her grip doesn't really relax so much as stop tensing up and she draws in a slow deep breath and let's hope it stays that way I'm going to uh, hand over the box that the conductor gave us I'm going to mm-hmm. give that to Strathmill yeah because you are bombastic and uh, you may need to assert your will and you get a plus one if you're a noble of uh, Akaros. That's true. I'm going to keep an eye on this situation. Would you call the conductor and talk to them about what we're seeing? Roger. Um, Strathmill is feeling some things at the moment. Because... Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like, I think I think upon hearing that it's a Leviathan, she thinks, oh, fuck, I might actually die out here. And for a second, she's like, fuck this. I'm I, this. No job is worth, you know, something this perilous. And then she remembers her bet with Zyrick. <laughs> and she's like, no, I am not chickening out now. <laughs> no freaking way. And so she, like, accepts the box and... That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to do you want me to do that right now? Yeah. If you're Okay. Sorry, I just I wasn't sure I if that was a I didn't know if that was a question for me or David. That was why I was like It was it was kind of both. <laughs> uh, I you guys can do whatever you want. Uh, the track up ahead is definitely like swaying some, and that's probably news you want to pass on to the conductor. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Strathmill opens it up and goes beep 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 beep. Uh so you open up the box, and inside it is it is lined in a luscious red velvet. It's it's plush. It's soft interior. Like, like the cake. <laughs> it's no. a red velvet cake inside. It is not a red velvet cake inside. <laughs> uh, no. Instead of red velvet cake, it is red velvet, like the material, like like the cloth. Uh, it's velvety and soft. And smooth. Uh, I take and, a bite. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, please, nestled, please. nestled very nicely in the middle of this velvety cushion inside of this small box is what appears to be a human ear. Ugh. Well then. That's disturbing. Uh excuse me, uh conductor sir, can you hear me? The the ear uh, flops and vibrates sort of like a speaker that has been turned on, like uh, how, how it vibrates in order to generate the, the sound waves. And you hear, it's, it's, like a, it's like a soft wet sound. An eardrum is not supposed to go the other way, but it does under this circumstance. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you create something so horrible, David? You this is amazing. This you is the most cursed know. thing you have done to us. Guys, I've been holding on to this this whole fucking game. You always know how to paint the grossest pictures, I swear. Uh, so the ear, the ear squelches, uh, and you hear the conductor's, you hear the conductor's voice. Yes, this is your conductor, Karam, speaking. Is there something that is the matter? Yeah, you could say that. Um, you might be interested in the information that, uh, one, there appears to be a uh, leviathan sort of creature hanging out uh, next to a spirit well, and uh, the... Why? 
Do I seem like a, a man who has time to spare? That does not sound like my problem. The tracks are also swaying? That does sound more like my problem, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, what, in what manner and uh, roughly where do you see this happening? About uh, halfway from here to the next island, boss. Well, that does not leave us very much time to handle this situation. Uh, if I'm completely honest with you, I mean, what's the worst if we plump it into the sea? Uh, we all die? I suppose that is an unacceptable consequence. Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose if we must do something about this, then, uh... I propose that we just cross it mighty quickly. How does that sound? Anybody got a better idea? Long as we don't rock off the track. Get it done quick. Get it done good. Now, I can make a guarantee that I am the finest conductor that this stretch of track has ever seen in its long and lasting life. And I can promise you that... When I say we will go fast and we will cross this hazard, I do believe we will go fast and we will cross this hazard and I will see you on the other side. However, uh, there is a bit of a complication with this. If I am to juice these engines any further past where they're at right now, it's, uh, it's going to require more of our fuel. And I'm afraid that in order to preserve our stash, what I will have to do is reduce power to some of the rest of the train. In short, some of the train is going to have to lose its shielding as we pass. As we pass over the spirit well. The nearest by, yes. Can you just, uh, take it off the cargo? At least then the people will be fine. Man, seems like you're not such a hard ass after all. Even scum deserves to live. Mm-hmm. That seems like a reasonable enough proposal to me. We'll handle the ghosts. Get us past the Leviathan. Roger that. Uh, any other chit-chat you want to make before I kick her into high gear? You should at least warn folks about what this box is. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. I'm the one who had to lose an ear over it. Uh. Have a nice day. And Rowan walks away. I'll see you on the other side. Caterchine just reaches over and closes the box. <laughs> Rowan looks back and gives an exaggerated shrug like, well? Best conductor, my ass. Maybe he's the best conductor on this train. And you feel you feel the train underneath you uh, lurch like when you started, but harder uh, as the train starts to kick it into high gear. And here on the sixth car, everything feels the same. But you see, like you see and hear uh, a fizzling crack behind you on the three cars that are full of cargo as the electroplasmic field around them dissipates. We should go down and tell uh, Winterman. We can shove it through one of the holes, can't we? Yeah, that would be a better idea because you do not have time to make your way down there if you intend to stay up here to deal with whatever's coming. Yeah, then then we shout through the hole. What do you shout? Who does it? I'll do it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. He's no friend of mine. Hey, Granger. You might want to get into the other cars. <laughs> One of the non-cargo cars. And why would that be? It's really complicated. And I don't have time to explain it to you. <laughs> Rowan bends down uh, and shouts, Point is, we've got work to do. All right. Uh, so the four of you stand atop the car. I know that Strathmill, you 
still possess uh, a question or two for oh, your I insight. Do. I guess I do still have two that, uh, I, that I could use. I was thinking that maybe... Um, you're also welcome to save those as this... Uh, basically, this was me giving you guys a chance to sort of see it, figure out what you wanted to do to prepare, and then we'll move to the action as it happens. Yeah. Um, there's a part of me that wants to ask, like, how could I get the Leviathan to... Leave us alone? <laughs> like, like, can we? Is there something we can do to like get it to go away instead of having to like, air quotes, defeat it? So, yeah, how could I? How could I get the Leviathan to, to go the fuck away? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the Leviathan doesn't seem to be interested in the train. Oh. Oh, okay. So the Leviathan is really interested in the spirit. Well, normally Leviathans are not this high up on the water. Like the fact that there's one this high up. That is fucking weird. Like, e- even given the fact that the spirit well is there, that is fucking weird. Hmm. Okay. Rowan's keeping her eye on the horizon, trying to see if there's some Leviathan hunter that fired off its Leviathan lures anywhere nearby. And given what we've heard so far and seen, I doubt any such ship is visible. Uh, there is just open water. Man. So, you still have one hold, just a reminder. Um, right. Oh, yeah. No, I remember. Uh, so, so what I wanted to, like, uh, uh, clarify then is that we should be more worried about the spirit well itself than really the Leviathan. I mean, it's certainly weird and something to be alarmed about, but, like... I think the biggest worry with the Leviathan is that it might damage the tracks in its oh, sure. attempt to eat the spirit well. Okay. Or do whatever it's doing to the spirit <laughs> well. It does want to munch. That's that's the goal. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I will keep my other hold for now. Okay. So the train, as it goes faster and faster, you can see even from where you are that the air around the front engine is starting to glow with a light blue hue as more and more of the spent gas is being released from it as more and more of it's being processed there instead of being converted into the electroplasmic field which protects the rearmost cars because that has been redirected to the engine block. I'm sort of painting a little bit of cinema here. Uh, The camera pans, bluish gray smoke puffing off of the engine block at the front of the train drifts past you by the rear, growing thinner uh, as it goes beyond you. The train speeds forward, approaching the the weakened point of the tracks uh, almost alarmingly quickly. And as it goes around that bend, uh, you feel the tracks start to give under the train. The train shudders up and down a little bit as those piers below, uh, now taking the full weight of the train on top of whatever was damaged by the Leviathan passing it by, uh, as they begin to very nearly crumble. But the train moves across it so quickly that by the time it makes it to the other side, by the time any of those piers could collapse, the train had already crossed over them and moved on to the next portion of track. Uh, as the train uh, passes over the weakened portion of the track, you can finally see down towards the Leviathan and towards the spirit well that's nearby. The Leviathan is shaped somewhat like an eel. It is long of body and it is longer than it is thick around the middle. Uh, You couldn't quite see it from a distance because its skin is slick and it is black like the ink of the water itself. So it was nearly invisible from the distance you were at before. But now that you're up close, you can see that there are some features which would distinguish it You can see that all along its spine, you hesitate to say, but all along the length of it from what you assume to be the head to the tail, at first you think they're maybe blowholes or something like that. You can see that there are small apertures in its skin, but there are too many of them for that. But as it passes you, you distinctly know what they all are because they all blink. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it is covered practically toe to tip with eyes. I fucking knew uh, he was going to do that. I knew he was going to cover it with eyes. We have a severed ear and an eel covered in eyes, guys. 
I had a worse idea, actually. <laughs> Tell me. Mouths or vaginas? Uh, neither. Well, kind of related to one. Uh, <laughs> Tongues? No, yes. I was imagining it just being lined with these electroplasmic sacs containing ghosts wailing and writhing against their bonds. See, I didn't want to bring even more ghosts into this. I did think about something akin to that. Oh, see, I, you can I, I, ghosts I see that's ghosts. how it, I see that's how it was related to vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we just talk for a moment about how like a giant eel covered in tugs and covered in tongues is somebody's fetish? No, we can't talk about that. Our okay. listeners can't see it, but I'm grimacing. <laughs> the world's worst fetish. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, this one, I, here's, I, I went a little bit light with it, guys. This is just a really big eel boy uh, eel, or girl. I don't know. Or it, this, is a, this is a gender fluid eel covered in eyes. Give me and, my biblical angel, eel leviathan. Yes. Um... And you see what is most likely the tail at the end of it flap above the water as it writhes its body so as to sink its head down lower and get to the base of this spirit well of this rupture. And you see that tail a little bit more clearly and can tell that the spines along the back uh, open up into a second auxiliary mouth just in case, you know, for all your... For all your extra eating needs, it's got a mouth at the front, mouth at the back. So you could say it's a party on both sides. Guys, I think I made this in Spore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, <laughs> I think that Strathmill, seeing this, will turn to Zirik and say, want to take bets on which ends the head? <laughs> uh, also, I would like everybody to make a steel roll. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, so from the top, Strathmo, what do you not want to do? Uh, I do not want to panic, disengage, and flee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Zirik, how about you? <laughs> I think it's got to be the same thing, right? <laughs> okay. Zirik doesn't want to panic, disengage, or flee. Uh, Katarjun. I do not want to... Uh... Yeah, I, like I want to be different, but I think I also have to go with panic, disengage, and flee. All right, and Rowan. I do not. I really do not want to stack, suffer more trauma or harm. Yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, everybody roll. Uh, I got a ten. Yeah, that's a four. Catterjun. <laughs> 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 Do you want to take bets on which ends the head? And he fucking balls. I also got a four. All right, Rowan. Uh, I got just barely a seven. Good. Excellent. I'm rolling like Uh, shit tonight. God damn it. Uh, first we'll talk about Strathmill and Rowan because they both had successes uh, and then we'll talk about Zirik and Katarjean. So Strathmill, uh, I think your <laughs> your comment you made uh, is appropriate because on a 10 plus uh, you do none of them. So you're fine. This is <laughs> cash. Ju- my bet means more to me than my life right now. <laughs> like this, this, this Leviathan eel is probably like three times the size of this train. <laughs> That's so scary. Uh, it's it is appropriately terrifying, but Strathmill, you see it and you're just like, man, it's going the other way, uh, <laughs> and it's fine. Uh, Rowan, you see it, and especially given your your history, it's a bit alarming to see. However, this is very small relative to some of the leviathans you'd seen, <laughs> uh, and not quite as uh, alarming as, say, being covered in. Uh, ghost sacks of souls writhing trying to free themselves from (laughs) the leviathan which has absorbed them so you you don't suffer more trauma or harm i think in seeing it i think you're gonna get mad yeah i think i think you see this and you are so tired of the experiences you've had controlling your life and you get mad and we'll deal with what might happen from that as things get 
as things get complicated here. I've got thoughts uh, in mind whenever good. there's airtime. Excellent. Uh, now, Zirik, Gatterjoon. Hey. <laughs> oh, boy. What up? So, I think the two of you are standing next to each other. And I, th- I think both of you think it is you. But it, it, to be honest, you can't tell which one of you it looks at. But all of those eyes on the top facing the train, you can feel them all at the same time look at you and notice you're there in a... It's like it's like if you're uh, standing in a busy crowd and you look out across the crowd, uh, just sort of looking at faces and you, you connect eyes with someone, you make eye contact with someone who very obviously is like looking at you. And you, and you don't have to like... You just know. You you see those eyes and you just know that they're looking at you and they have been for some time. That's what this feels like. And I think that level of attention from this type of creature is quite alarming. And Zirik, Katarjun, both of you are like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And you turn around, you, you run to the edge uh, and you jump down to the gangway like you jump down to the gangway. You don't even bother with the ladder. You jump down to the gangway. And I'm going to give you the choice. Do you go in the room with the horses, which is still unlocked? Or do you go into the car number six? Fuck. Fuck. That is a difficult situation. I'm going to go car number six. I was also car thinking six. car six. The more I was thinking about it, I was like, I think Katarjean was a little freaked out by the horses. And I don't think that she would run toward the thing that she was freaked out by at this particular moment. Yeah. I think Zarek, once again, not not super familiar with these horses. <laughs> uh, doesn't really want to go towards them. Um, also, they're designed to eat ghosts which was kind of his whole plan of like oh yeah I'm I'm doing this line business I'm going to be fighting ghosts protecting the train from ghosts nobody said shit about a lion then <laughs> <laughs> this was not in my job description <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say this is probably the first time he's ever seen one uh, and especially from this distance not not great not not a good not a good time so he's gonna go into car six okay uh so the two of you flee to the downstairs what do you think about uh as we as we hop down there's like this moment of katarjun kind of deciding between the horse car and the and car number six and xerix just kind of like i think what he would do is like hold the door open and and look at her like what are you waiting for? Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> the two of you uh, hop into car six, shutting the door behind you and breathing a sigh of relief as you are now within the safety, the relative safety of the electroplasmic shielding of the six train cars that are currently shielded with that. Uh, for those of you up top of the train, uh, as you are passing the Leviathan and the spirit well beyond it, as especially the rear of the train makes its way around to that corner, you see the spirit well like a geyser. Just the blue color that you could even see beneath the dark, inky waves of the ocean, you now see in all of their brilliance as this blue light gushes forth from the center of the spirit well. And like like iron flecks being drawn to a magnet, you see the ghosts that are just bursting forth from this spirit well curve in an arc through the air and splinter off uh, into the individual ghosts, no longer just this stream of blue iridescent light, but they splinter off into individual ghosts that begin to collect. Again, think, think of like if you hold up a magnet to the little flecks of iron and it sort of gets that bristly appearance like that these goats are practically these goats goats (laughs) 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 
uh, these ghosts uh, with an S, they uh, are are just absolutely bristling as they coat cars eight and nine. Hi there, it's your GM, David. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. As I was doing the rough edit for this one, I knew it was going to be especially good. I've rarely been so eager to work on an edit for an episode. It varies, but each episode takes somewhere between 20 and 30 hours to edit, and it all feels really worth it when I get to put a nice shine on it and put it out for others to enjoy. So if you like what you've been listening to, then please share our show with someone else you think would too. Your word is better than any marketing we could ever do. I would also love to hear from you on Twitter at Tota Podcast. That's T-O-T-A Podcast. I generally run the account, and I love to talk TTRPGs, uh, PBTA, and just stories with others who are passionate about them. And there will be much to talk about by the time you get to the end of this episode, so stick around as our story continues. I'll see you next time on May 19th for part four. Bye. I think Rowan, in the lead up to this and at this point, you kind of hear the ka-clunk, clunk of her magnetic boots as she paces back and forth with greater intensity. And she just muses quietly at first, then shouting, of course it's a Leviathan, of course it's a fucking ship eater with the mouth on top, even if it's a goddamn baby one. Who the fuck let a leviathan into this bridge? I think it let itself in. And I think she just starts shouting expletives at the leviathan. And then she starts shouting expletives at the stream of ghosts. (laughs) Oh, and I think she throws her head over her shoulder at one point and says, And where the fuck are you two going? (laughs) <laughs> I think Strathmill is equal parts angry because th- these motherfuckers are just going to bail on us. But all she's just like, yes, won the bet. Yes, won the bet. <laughs> uh, uh, so Strathmill and Rowan, your two comrades have gone into the train. Uh, you are uh, currently above it. So you are at the, the very back of car six. That's where you climbed up to inspect things from. The car behind you does not currently have any ghosts on it, but cars eight and nine are positively teeming with them uh what's the plan stands y'all y'all gotta do something i'm gonna let you act first in the situation because your compatriots fled so they do not have the same initiative you have oh speaking of initiative do we want to roll against the supernatural perchance uh that's what i was gonna ask if you're leading that charge i will say right now uh if anyone decides to to roll against the supernatural and kick off this encounter with the ghosts uh you do not currently have your uh anchor so that would be a minus one and you do not have every other bull roll so that would also be a minus one on that right now um i think rowan embracing her pseudo role as leader I think she takes the first two rungs down of the ladder to kick on the door and shout get the fuck out here or this train is dead and you with it I think Strathmill will like basically uh lean over the edge and like shout down um since Rowan has the door open hoping she'll be heard saying and, and we'll like we'll like take her her hook and like bang it on the top of the, the train car and just be like get over it it's time to do our jobs <laughs> and then we'll like hop onto the seventh car and just like basically have the the hook at the ready <laughs> in case any of them come any closer while she's waiting for her for her compatriots to get their shit together Rowan's gonna form up behind you and. Keep her electrified net thrower at the ready. Yeah, I think I think that for now, for now, Strathmill and Rowan are basically standing ready if the ghosts get any closer, but haven't engaged yet. Okay, good. Uh, Zirik Katarjun, I first would like both of you to mark your one to three section of your trauma clock. Okay. Uh, as both of you suffered that trauma when you tried to steal yourselves earlier. Mm-hmm. 
And now that you've done that, what do you do now? I, I want to know like where your head's at, and if you're if you're gonna come out of here and take part in this, then I want I want your train of thought from both of you, or maybe even what you say to each other as they're banging on as as Rowan is halfway down the ladder, kicking with the the steel toe of her boot. Get the fuck out of here, or this train is dead and you with it. Get over it. It's time to do our job. Uh, I think Katerjin's a little bit out of breath and she's like bent over with her hands on her knees and she's just like okay so that's a leviathan Zeric he, honestly he's he isn't even really concerned all that much about the money and losing the bet um, I think I think more so he's like fuck I let people down I I ran I shouldn't have done that you know Mm -hmm. that was intense but you know I gotta we we gotta we gotta do it we gotta go we gotta fight we gotta fight ghosts Um, we gotta we gotta do our job we can't leave them out here alone no process maybe (laughs) we hear the we hear the clanging and it's like they're gonna be really mad at us yeah fuck they're pissed all right, uh, hold on, hold on. Right to V. One second. Uh, is Granger in the car? In this car? Yeah, I, I was about to get to that. So <laughs> uh, you two, you two burst in, breathing heavily. I feel like Zarek is like, "Fuck, I lost the bet." But it's like not really about the bet. But Catterjin, <laughs> uh, you talk about having just seen the Leviathan and Granger from halfway down the car, where he'd just been pacing, waiting for you all uh, to to finish up. Uh, whips around and says, "A Leviathan, you say?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, let me make one last sh- uh, shot at that without fucking laughing at my own <laughs> hilarity. Uh, a Leviathan, you say? There's like kind of a look of relief on her face, but it's like still intense, and she's just kind of like, "Granger, we got a Leviathan, and we got ghosts." You got anything that might help us out? Got any Leviathan eating horses? Catterjude <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. looks really hopeful for a second. Looks over at you like, is that a thing? Well, I think I think yeah. Gr- Granger looks at you, Zarek, with like a look of great horror, and he's and he's like, could you imagine the horse? <laughs> You're right. That would be more terrifying. <laughs> I I would not I would not want to see this horse. <laughs> oh my god! Certainly don't look it in the mouth. However, you, you said that there are. Uh, I felt the jolt uh, earlier as uh, the the train gained speed. Is that related to this Leviathan? And you said there are ghosts as well. Where should I uh, continue up the train? Or yes, get safe. But also, if you happen to have anything that could help, we got a spirit well, we got a leviathan, and we got we got a lot of ghosts. Where? She'll just like gesture to a window. Yeah, so there's the hatch, right, that you all originally entered the car through when you first boarded the train. And I think that there's a, a fairly decent sized window on that hatch. Uh, and you take a look outside and it's at an angle, but you can see along the length of the train behind you. I think cause it's still going around that bend, right? And you can see since the, the last three cars are more curved towards you as you're going around this bend, uh, you can see the ghosts clustered on cars nine and eight. And Upon seeing this sight, I think that Granger goes fairly white in the face, uh, and he turns to look at the two of you and says, "This looks very bad." <laughs> yeah, I think I think Katerjean looks at Zarek and goes, "Okay, so that's another problem." Yeah, we gotta we gotta go. Uh, meanwhile, there's kick, kick, kick. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, if you don't get your asses out here, you're gonna be stuck with a leftover eel for the next five rations. 
And Katarjun like puts out her hand and she's like, let's go do our jobs. Mm-hmm. They and they and they would go. So the two of you uh, head to the door and uh, Granger uh, says, Oh, uh, I, I should come with you. Can you fight ghosts? Can you fight leviathans? Uh, <laughs> Are you a leviathan eating horse? <laughs> oh my god, no, first off, I, rude. <laughs> I, I would be very distressed to be a leviathan eating horse. I, I doubt you would uh, be, but anyway. No, I, I am responsible for the well-being of the goods and the troops on this train. I am uh, trying to get them from where we left to where we're going. And the the ghosts there are very concerning. At the very least, I I could help in some way. And I I really must see what is going on back there. You're you're a, a military man, correct? That is correct. Proudly so. Zerik's gonna put his hand on his shoulder. I respect you. <laughs> I think Granger looks at you uh, and and says, "What is your name, stranger?" Zirik. Zirik Nora. You are a stranger no longer to me. Pleasure to meet you, Zirik. I told you he wasn't so bad when she got to know him. Uh, Zirik, I think, I think we might want to make use of some of these horses. Is that possible? Uh, there are ghosts. There are horses. The horses eat the ghosts. Eh. <laughs> Can we open up that car? He reaches into his breast pocket and he pulls out the key. I can open up the car. Okay. Mm. All right. Okay. All right. The owl side of her is kicking in now. Okay. You go to that car. Uh, you let some of the horses... Can, can you lead the... How do we get the horses to the ghosts? Well, you can lead the horse to ghosts, but you cannot make him eat. Do we have any spare magnetic boots? Uh, I don't know. They are very sure-footed horses. Have you ever seen a Severosi horse in action? No. And quite honestly, I don't want to. But we don't have a choice. Uh, there are worse days to see it. Either way, we need to get those ghosts off of cars 9 and 8. Uh, there are materials inside that the ghosts should not get to. What happens if they get to them? Uh, I cannot say. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can I just be- briefly throw something in here? Yeah. Because I was thinking this. I was thinking this, and I. I'm so mad I didn't say it. But I was thinking this when we first saw the horses. That I. That like I was thinking that that Strathmilla was just picturing herself riding one. <laughs> and now that this might get to happen, so, I would okay. be so happy. All right. In which case, uh, I think we're going to leave car six. I'm going to climb up the ladder a little bit to where uh, Strathmill and Rowan are. Hey, fuckers, come down here and get a horse. The fuck do you mean? Can't we just cram these ghosts through the holes? <laughs> I love the idea that they just stare at each other for a minute. <laughs> I'm getting a horse! <laughs> Strathmill, <laughs> the gangway. Strathmill, you hop down uh, towards the door to car seven. Granger joins you there as soon as you make it down. Uh, having come from car six, and he produces his key. He inserts it in the lock, working very deftly under uh, under fire in this circumstance. After all, like this is not the first time he's had to work with haste in a very stressful situation. Uh, he gets the door unlocked. Uh, he cranks on the wheel, pulls it open. You are, are of course, greeted by the various whinnies of uh, horses that we're not expecting to be perturbed right now. And also... As you walk in to see these horses, uh, these horses, like, in the same way that animals know when an earthquake is coming or 
or can like can sense that a fire has started, that something is something is wrong around them. Or in this way that a a cat, upon hearing just just the whisper of a bird's wing, just a little just a little twitter by the window, is already on the sill watching it impatiently. These horses, all of their heads are craned to the back of this car. Like they're all facing the same way, almost unnaturally. They're all so drawn to it. And also all of their mouths along those scar lines that you saw along the length of their heads. Uh, I want you to picture that these horse heads like a like a canine's mouth. Instead of just opening at the end the way normal horse heads be, they open all the way back, but their skin tears open so that their mouths can open fully. And all of their mouths are open now. You can see that though the front has rather uh, subdued teeth, they have much sharper teeth running all the way back along their skull, and their their lower jaws are open and their tongues are drooping like a dog panting as all of these horses face the back of the car. I'm gonna ride one of these horses. <laughs> Strathmill says it, it is not a question. She is not asking permission. <laughs> <laughs> I think Rowan uh, finally is like, I think she's, still kind of in between cars and that she's down a few rungs on the ladder and like looking in, looking up, looking in, looking up. And she says, are we doing this? Strathmill is already picking her horse. <laughs> Katarina just shrugs and says, it's my best idea and I'm the idea person. So. We don't have much of a choice. So uh, Strathmill, three stalls down, uh, you just like stop in front of each stall and take a look at the horse and then move on to the next one and take a look at the horse. Three stalls down, you take a look at the horse and the horse makes eye contact with you. And in a way that you haven't felt since you made best friends with another kid at the age of three, you, you meet eyes with this horse and like inside of you, you feel a kindred desire to fuck up some ghosts. <laughs> like just, it's, it's deep in there. This horse wants to, it, it just, it shares your desire to just get in there and do it. Can it be uh, one of the, can it be one of the silver ones? Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it's silvery. It's, it's pelt. It's mane are are like matted close to its skin uh, with, I'm imagining, I'm picturing their uh, their fur, their hair as being like very oily. I described it earlier as being like sort of like an otter's. Mm -hmm. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a sort of like, they look almost wet all the time. Maybe it's like a, like a, um, kind of like an oil slick sheen. Kind of yes, a, I think I think under the right light. Uh, so like if you had some artificial lights on in here, I think you would see like an oil slick pattern in its mane. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, I think Granger uh, reaches into his other pocket and pulls out like a bundle of keys, and you can see that each stall is individually locked, uh, and and he starts like like fumbling through them trying to find the right ones. I imagine that Strathmill's probably impatient. If you wanted to just try to break this lock off with a force. Yeah, I think she would. <laughs> okay, then I'd like you to roll force. Um, oh, that's bad. <laughs> it's only a four. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bang on the lock and it does nothing. Yeah. Does the horse help? <laughs> uh, maybe the horse licks Strathmill. Oh God, that would be so disconcerting with one of these, to be totally honest with you. <laughs> if one of these horses licks you, you are you are stealing yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to think about what I have in common with a ghost. <laughs> it's more than you would like. <laughs> <laughs> That's not comforting coming from the one with spirit goggles. <laughs> uh this is good. Uh so yeah, you you bang on the lock and it is rather solid. Uh, and so, Strathmill, uh, you you take a step back as Granger uh, inserts himself between you and the lock, and he he drops down to one knee and just starts testing keys because uh, that's faster than trying to like read these numbers in the dark and match them with the locks. Uh, and finally, he finds the right one. He unlocks it uh, and he pops open the door. Uh, and this absolutely magnificent, horrible beast uh, steps out of its stall and. It walks out into the the sort of the walkway portion of this car. It's just wide enough to fit the two of you side by side. 
uh, and it lowers its head down to, to make eye contact with you again. And then it just like, and throws its head from side to side, uh, motioning for you to get on. Oh, me too, buddy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Strathmill will get on this horse. I would imagine that being a uh, former noble or disgraced noble, that she probably would have had horse riding lessons. Um, I she believe so. She's certainly never ridden this kind of horse. They yes. don't have these so much in uh, Koros, but you've probably never ridden bareback either. <laughs> yeah, that'll be new. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you hop on the horse. Uh, I'll take. I would like a finesse roll from you. Oh, why'd it have to be finesse? It, oh, and for the record, the the force roll was, I guess, actually a six, still a failure. But I forgot okay. about my plus to that. Oh, yes, baby! Yeah? I rolled an 11, so even if I minus one, that's still a 10. Hell so pick, yeah. I, w- I would like you then to pick two of you do it quickly, you avoid trouble, compromise, or cost, and you do it impressively, stylishly, or to greater effect. And oh. what I want this to be is like, this is going to be measuring your riding ability. Okay. Um. Which I'm definitely thinking of as more of a finesse. Yeah, skill. I agree. That makes sense for it to be finesse. Um, I think that I think that I'm gonna pick the last two. I avoid trouble, compromise, or cost. I do it impressively, stylishly. Yeah, Great, I, totally. I look I I look very cool, and I avoid trouble. Uh, yeah. I don't mind if it takes a little bit longer to get set up and whatnot. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's just put that in our back pocket uh, for now. Strathmill has a horse. Uh, is anyone else getting a horse? Uh, or now that Strathmill has a horse, are we, are we doing? <laughs> Can there be a pony? <laughs> oh my God. I keep banging on the table. I'm so sorry. Oh, man. Uh, well, rule of cool says yes. I mean, okay, so uh, here's the thing. Caterjune doesn't want a pony, but Emma wants Caterjune to have a pony. <laughs> let, me, let me put it this way for you. Uh, I, I want you to picture a Shetland pony-sized horse, one of these horses, uh, however, the head is still the same size as a normal horse. Oh my god! <laughs> this is like a children's drawing. <laughs> <laughs> that's your that's your option. I think I think she's looking at each of them and realizing that like trying to get on any of these horses, considering she's like five feet tall and no taller, is just gonna be a hell of an effort, and she's, like, looking around for a step stool or something, and then Granger just points to the pony. (laughs) He points to the pony and uh, sort of, like, points to the pony, looks at you, shrugs. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just like... Okay. (laughs) I think Rowan, just as... Katerjean's picking out her horse says one moment how are we getting these up there do we and she looks around for a moment do we need to get the conductor to energize this car again hmm hand me the box I can coordinate Granger uh, waves a hand and he says "Uh, two things Uh, one uh, these uh, he, he points at them. I would like you to look at this horse. Uh, these horses uh, do things that uh, some people find unnatural. <laughs> I, I think if you, uh, with a desirable enough target, and I saw how many ghosts there were, I, I do not believe that these horses will take much persuading to go wherever you would like to take them. And I do mean... Like, he, he looks almost horror-stricken for a moment, wherever you would like to take them. Uh, but but secondly, uh, what what was that about re-energizing this car? Uh, are not all of the cars energized with the electro-shielding? Right now, for the speed boost we've got, cars 7, 8, and 9 are down. He looks horrified. Rowan, seeing his expression, gestures to car six. These horses will be of great help? No. No. I I had assumed the electro shielding would hold the ghosts off on cars eight and nine. Without the shielding, they will 
be in in no time at all. No, they cannot get into those cars. Okay, you need to tell us straight up, no bullshit. And she points at him. What's in there? And can we cut them loose? Correction. Can we say there was an accident whereby they came off? And she does a little flourish with her hand to signify the hand-waving of the truth. I would like you who... Hmm. Thinking this might be more imposed will? Yeah, uh, I I think this is going to have to be an impose your will. Um, I think we already established that your steel is greater, so you take plus one. I think you're going to gain another plus one from the urgency of the situation. Okie dokie. So you, you have a plus two right now. I'd like you to impose your will. Alrighty. And we have... That is a nine. It's a nine. Okay. I think he rushes to the back of the car to where there is the identical door. uh, The one you guys came in from. uh, There's another one of those doors in the back. Going at it from the inside, he unlocks it and throws it open. And you guys can hear the moaning of the ghosts. Uh, And you can see some of them visible but only partially so, as several of them seem to have burrowed their way through the metal exterior of the train, uh, having it not be protected by the by the electroplasm shielding it normally possesses. And he turns to look back at you. Uh, those spirit bottles are not to feed the horses. Uh, they are they are the spirits of the people in cars eight and nine. Uh, There are bodies, empty ones, in cars eight and nine. Oh, fuck. Uh, 